Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode in this week-long celebration of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. It is one year old this week, and part of the celebration is the addition of male guests to the lineup. I cannot wait to share today's guest with you, another great man. Ashley Shipman is a startup investor and business development advisor. He's also a non-exec and board member for private equity funds and companies. With over 12 years of experience, Ashley has successfully grown businesses to six, seven, and eight figures. His dynamic, trusted, and committed service has helped thousands of entrepreneurs across many sectors transform their businesses to their desired outcomes and often exceed them. Ashley gets fast results by identifying the critical steps needed to increase profit by unlocking and implementing growth opportunities to ensure no business is left on the table. I met Ashley on Clubhouse, where he is the co-creator of a rapidly growing entrepreneurial network of over 50,000 members called The Winners Club. He is a live audio host of Breakfast with Winners, where Ashley interviews live and shares the speaker stage with billionaires, A-list celebrities, and elite level performers from all over the world. Ashley's huge, accessible, diverse network enables him to embed a real collaborative approach. He will create, grow, and accelerate your business with you to ensure you have all the tools for continued growth. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. It is absolutely brilliant to have you on as part of this celebration week of having male guests as now part of the podcast. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here and an absolute honour to be here to support what your mission is and what your journey is. Thank you very much. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? Oh, so what would you say? What would you? What, where would you like me to start? Would it be my personal, my career? Like where? Where do you want me to go back to? Well, when you think of your money story, I would imagine it starts from a personal point, and I suspect it probably starts in your childhood because that's where it starts for the majority of us. So why not start there? I breeze through the younger life uh, of the personal life, but when growing up, I grew up in an area which was. Not was a nice area, but there was a divide. And I had friends that lived in a whole different world that I lived in. And I think that's what gave me a lot of motivation because I used to see the way they lived. 
the presents they got because as you're young, it's what did you get for your birthday? When people are unwrapping brand new cars off showroom floors and like not undermining what my parents gave me because they, they gave me a lot. And as you do, you do make them comparables. And I was obsessed with how some people in life had everything. When I say everything, which I'm going to go into and I'm going to change because of what I thought everything was until about five to seven years into my business journey. When I, what I thought everything was, was loads of money, loads of cars, um, big houses, holiday homes. Like I thought that is it, they've cracked life. And guess what? That's all I wanted. When, when, I, when, when, I was, when I was that age, I was like, how do I do it? And when I'm working weekends, cutting grass, when I'm painting and decorating for £15 a day, um, and people can ask their mum and dad for it. Like I had this desire of like, someone once said to me, was like, look, you're going to have so much experience in life and education on how to be a hustler, how to make a pound note. And it's very, very imperative to anyone's life to know how to do business, make money. Like, and I will go into the story of why I don't say it's number one anymore. But it's a contributing factor to number one because what I did, I got so obsessed and I had nothing to lose. Like I was earning £15 a weekend and I had nothing to lose. So I just went on a mission to hunt out what people was doing. And in my local area, it was 45 minutes from the city. And you used to see everyone was a broker. Or if you worked in London, there, there was it was a place of opportunity. So what I did was just end up hitting people like just going in direct like what do you do can I get a job like so much so much refusal of like you ain't coming in this world it was like it was like you had to get a pass to get up into the city when when I was trying to get up there now I, I know it's changed a lot and it's a lot more stricter than it used to be I know that one for sure but on that journey of asking people to get into London because that's what I, I looked at it as like this wow they've got this fabulous life if you work in London you've cracked it and yeah so before that I um while I was on that journey of just trying to get up there I remember I took a job in um a retail store I was only there for two weeks and I, I, I think <laughs> I think I fell asleep in the in the shoe storeroom because I it was just not ticking any boxes for me but I needed some cash flow as I was, I was getting to that age of like I need to go out my friends are all going out I need to find a way to buy a car and in that process I was consistently finding out what people did and I remember sitting there having a conversation with someone who had a, yeah, a brand new Porsche They're like what do you do like what do you do and I remember even looking down into his change thing in his door and there was just so many pound coins I don't even know why it just seemed like he had, for some unknown reason, the smile on his face, the clothes he was wearing. And I was like, in awe, like if there was an, if there was an ego to this person, he shunned like, like what a little boy's dream looked like. So he told me everything I need to do. He said, you need to get up to the city and knock on every door. So on that journey, I was uh, going to find all the brokerage houses, all, all the trading floors, all the asset management companies. And consistently knocking on doors. I was just knocking on doors, blagging my way through. So just to give you an example, um, I'd research the HR manager's name. And I remember this so vividly because 
I didn't have the confidence as I did now, but I had nothing to lose. And I think, I don't think a lot of people have not, a, a lot to lose when they're on their way up. And I'm going to go into that deeper because my life went from zero to a hundred very quickly. And that come back to studying people that were doing well. So I knocked on this door. I remember walking into this building, getting in the lift, practicing the name that I was meant to be asking for, even though I didn't have a meeting. I walked into the reception. I was like, hello there, I'm here to meet so-and-so, which the person I was meant to meet didn't look like the picture that was on the website. So I'm like, that. and they're, they're like, obviously looking at me like, oh, hello. Like, and they're like, let me see if she's available. It was the person I was speaking to. She'd obviously changed. And I said, yeah, and no, I'm here for, it must have been like a 12, 12 o'clock. She's like, okay, no worries. She's like, oh, follow me anyway. She was like, sit down, sit down. And I was like, okay. She's like, who are you then? I'm the person you're telling me that you've got a meeting with. And I was like, okay. Now my body's just rushed with blood. Because I'm like, wow, I've just been blagging my way to her. And it was the person I was speaking to. And I said, look, give me a job. Don't pay me. Just let me get my foot in the door. And she was just like, I've got nothing for you, nothing for you. Like, but she was like, I love what you're doing. Da, da, da. I sat and spoke to her. And I remember I, like, I was a bit deflated every day. I, was, I would knock on 20 to 30 doors a day to try and get a job up into, in the city. And I remember on the way home, my phone rang. And I left my number. So I was always excited. And she was like, oh, hello, like, I want you to come and see me again tomorrow. And this woman created me a job. Oh, and, and the job was... She was like, the job is to open people's mouth and put it on their desk. If they need a tea or coffee, would you run and get it? If they need their lunch, would you run and get it? And she said, I can't stop thinking about the tenacity, the, 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 the confidence that you come in my room and I'm making you a job. I, I'm going to make you a job. And I said, oh, thank you. And I said, um, and I, said I, I will stick to my word. I don't need pay it. She was like, let me pay for your travel, please. And I said, okay. Which in return, at the time, she, she, she paid me. But she made out I didn't. She was obviously just testing, was I open and up for the opportunity and was going to back what I said. And I, I remember starting there, uh, a bit deflated again because I thought, oh, no, I'm really not going to earn no money at the end of the month. And it worked ticking all the boxes. But I'd give it a go. And I always say consistency is key. Persistence will, uh, will, will always win in the end. And I remember sitting down at the end of the month I don't know how well you get marked at opening envelopes and putting it on people's desks and <laughs> going to get going to get food, going to get their coffees and teas. I don't know, like, I don't know how you give a, an appraiser or if you do pass probation on opening letters. And um, from there, it's so I was a postboy for a trading floor. So basically, the traders and the brokers had the, the, the luxury of me. Be being a runner, but what I did was I, I, I remember going to speak to someone who'd been in the city. And I was like, "You need to be utilising this. You're rubbing shoulders with the right people." And this was when I got told the quote that I will live with the rest of my day: "If you can't get a seat at the table, serve water." Like because if you're around and rubbing shoulders with the people that you need to be with, like some people's ego and pride couldn't do that role, but. Like my life has been a reflection that if I don't get a seat at the table, serve water. And it has opened doors that could never have been imagined in my life. But let's just uh, fast forward a little bit now from, so I was a postboy for three months. I'm very, very well. I literally, I opened them letters like no tomorrow. I, I, <laughs> the expert I, letter opener. <laughs> I used to ring ahead of the, uh, of the food orders and drinks to make sure they was ready. I was even efficient at that. and. Um, 
within three months, they was like, look, it's time to give you a, a real position here. Like, I'm like, a real position? They was like, well, we made yours up. And I'm like, okay, no worries. So from there, I, uh, I went into, I went in, learned all the back office, how things are done. Then I had an opportunity to progress into becoming a broker. And literally, like, I was like a rabbit in headlights, rabbit in headlights. But they was like, look, you've got to understand to take this role, you're going to take a real big pay cut in salary, but your commissions and bonuses don't come near to it. will be well more than what you're earning. I remember going home to my mum, my dad, and I was like, I've been offered a, 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 a new role. And they're like, okay, what's this? And I'm like, yeah, but the salary's are a lot less. How's that, a, how's that a increase? And if you know how a lot of these wealth managers, brokers work, there's always commission involved into yeah. getting involved, but you, you, you take the risk. And I think when you're presented with opportunity, like timing will never feel right. Like that's what people need to understand. Time will never, mm. ever feel right. And when you understand that concept, like there's never going to be a right time, like just do it. Like if, if, if an opportunity presents itself, like you start moving and building momentum in a direction, it will take you. If, you, if, if you're doing everything you can, you should trust the process. Like a lot of people can be a bit uh, woohoo, which I, I'm a big advocate of law of attraction and things like that. But what I'm saying is people seem to uh, try to manifest things, try to um, just trust the process with no action. I'm, I'm yeah. the, the biggest action taker you'll see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's led me down paths that have left me in such a bad way. But what happened from there, I got the role. Within, within 18 months, I was table manager, Within the following six months, I was like overseeing the whole floor. And then within like the four-year period, I was like heading up an 80-man team that I was the youngest person. Because the thing is, you couldn't like, like I was in before everyone. I performed higher than everyone. I invested in myself. And it's like, I know there's a lot of coaches, mentors and things like that preach about investing in you. Like, I targeted the people where I wanted to be and I said, how do I get where you are? And they was educating me. This is what you need to do. Don't come back until you've done this. Like I was a sponge to life. So you got to understand that I had nothing to lose, everything to gain. So I was just a sponge. And in that period, um, it's not, it's not, it's not a lie and it's not unheard of. There's a lifestyle that comes with working in London and earning very well absolutely yeah and it, it doesn't sicken me when i look back at how much i used to spend on a monthly basis on my party life my drinking life but it come to a point where my wife had wife now with family and that had threatened to leave multiple times um i i done some stuff that i shouldn't have been doing in the fact of the way the party life takes you which is not hard to put two and two together when yeah. you put what goes on in London. And I remember earning more money than I knew what to do with. Like when I say that, it was ridiculous. Um, but it took me down a path of a party life, a second life that was um, damaging my mental health. And it was only that one day when I came in, I think three, four in the morning and realised that, yeah, that... My wife was not willing to be with me, which I wouldn't have wanted to be with me. I had an ego bigger than myself. Like I had an ego so big that like no one could have squashed it. 
I chucked money at everything, thought money solved everything, thought money made you happy. Um, and okay, like I'm, I wasn't what some people call success now, but incomparable to what was going on at my age, I, ha- I had everything in the palm of my hands. Yeah. And, and that experience of how to manage that, essentially, and the maturity and how to manage that. I, had, I didn't know how to keep it. Yeah. did not know how to keep it. And that is what I found in life is really easy to make money. Sustaining it yeah. and keeping it is a whole different thing. Absolutely. But I, I had the flashcards, the watches, the clothes. My, my, my wife got treated like no tomorrow, more, more, more sympathy gifts because of, I've been such a twat. I don't know what words I can say. Um, and one day it took a real, real bad toll on my mental health. Um, and anyone that parties five days a week, recovers for two and then does it again for a year will understand the cycle I was living in. And one day I walked in, said, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I'm done. I'm gone. I can't do this no more. As much as I was earning very well, successful in my age, my career, the position I was in, I was like, I can't do it no more. Yeah. I cannot do it no more. Mm. Uh, and so I left. I left. The, I left the city uh, with some money. Um, so I had money. I said, "That's it. I'm. I'm out. I'm literally gone." And this is where it got really exciting, and then went horribly wrong. So, can, I, pa- can, I, can I pause you there for one moment? Yep. But before we kind of go forward from, from this point, can I explore one thing? Because what's really evident in everything that you have said is that, you know, when you were younger, you, you could have got one of two ways to a certain extent. You could have, you know, you could have looked at those that you considered at that point in time that had more than you had had. Yep. And you accepted that you were going to have a, you know, a different journey to them. Or you could do as you did and have that what looks very much on the surface, like real self-confidence, even though you said you weren't very confident at that age, yeah. but it looked like real self-confidence and tenacity to go knocking on a large number of doors every day, taking those knock- those knockbacks to get the opportunity you eventually got. What was it that drove you to keep knocking on those doors to begin with, even though you were getting knocked back? It, it was a very, very clever way of the person who sent me to London. So they was like, in 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 the world of life and business, you're going to be consistently told no. And I said, yeah. And they said, the only way to get to a yes is by flying through as many no's as possible. Oh, yeah. So in that, in that space of as much as it was deflating and disheartening, this person's head was in my head saying, you're one step closer. You're one step closer. Um, and I sort of carried that through through life. Like, like if something doesn't happen to me or a door closes in my face and a route doesn't plan out like I wanted to, like something goes horribly wrong. Anyone who works in my circle, I'm just like, just wait. Something, something better's coming. I know it is. I just, I don't know if I just sort of like, you could say manifest it or whatever, but I'm like, something better is coming. It's the way the flip of my mind works. Like I've, I've been I've been down and out and it achieved nothing. I've been on the flip side when because it's hard to stay positive all the time, like when you get a lot of challenges, but I sort of train my brain. Like when I know it's been challenged, or if I know I feel like I want to react, like I've done a lot of work on my emotional intelligence. So it's I believe that I need to 
understand. I love. I I like to learn. If, if someone triggers me, yeah, I'm like I'm like edu- I'm like love the education part of it. Like, why did that bother me? Like why? And then then it's like you walk into the same scenario because life is full of the same scenarios dressed as different different clothes and new, levels, new de- and new levels, new devils. And I think like if something made me angry, sad, I, I'm like, I used to be one that, that would run away from the problems. And now it's like, what is my body telling me? Why am I feeling this way? And then once I've educated myself on that, when them situations come again at me, I'm like, really? Like, and like, mm-hmm. I... Like, like it's like I just I just think if the quicker you can find a solution and the lesson with any problem or any challenge you face, the happier you'll be in life. I just think it is. It's like, but like I, I talk like I've had this under wraps. Like, please understand. Like, like I've looked, I've had an uncle paper around my whole life. Like everyone says it when I tell people my age, they're like <laughs> lying. You can't get away with that no more. And I'm like, no, that is my age. And yeah, so. That was the journey in the city life I had. So you decided enough was enough. You, you had the kind of the, the burnout from you know from being a trader. You decided to leave the city. What happened next? What happened next? So I'm I'm around 24, 25. So from the age of 19 to 24, I've I've gone a lot higher and faster as I than I expected. And it's like one of the things in, in London, if you've got the gift of the gab and you can normally fly through if you've got the right mindset to match it and the training they used to give you on personal development, sales training and business development training and leadership training was second to none. Like I've never seen something match it, um, which just made you a resilient person. But So it was the nightlife, the party life that was taking a toll on me. Like I look back at pictures thinking that I was in the most best place my life I'd I had I had two cars thinking I was something I didn't need I had lovely clothes lovely watches loads of holidays like and that was the realization of like money alone will not make you happy like money alone I'm not saying money will not make you happy money alone like not money's a contributing factor so it's not like money doesn't make you happy no it does that it needs to come with other facts. It's a facilitator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so I would never say, oh, money doesn't make you happy because I'm, it, it sure alleviates a lot of pressure and stress in life. Yeah. And so I'm now thinking I'm, let's say, Alan Sugar. I'm now, I've got a bit of money. I've got an ego so big still, even though I was down and uh, I got past it. The pressure, the, the, the pressure you used to receive working in London, it was like beyond no other. Um, I've still got this ego. Like this ego is like like pumping. So I've watched something. I think I've done a seminar, and it was like you need seven sources of income to be successful. So with the money that I had around me, my expertise, I, I took shareholdings in businesses. I took um, I took shares in businesses. I invested in businesses. Um, uh, the, the last one before it all went sort of wrong was a nightclub. Um, but guess what that nightclub done to my ego was stroking my ego like no tomorrow. Like and and I I always when I feel someone's ego, I'm like, oh no, like because what happens is you move with the wrong intentions. Mm-hmm. And this is why I, I, I would always move with the right intentions now. Because what happened was I remember I, I had a sales training business, I had a little recruitment business, I had 
um, a lead generation business. I had a marketing agency, part of a nightclub. Um, I had my fingers everywhere. Well, guess what? It all stopped working. Things stopped working, but I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't have the the the. I don't know. My ego wouldn't let me ask for help. I'd been a show off all my life. I knew. I knew people were probably happy to see what happened to me, but that's okay as well. I probably deserved what came to me, but like it all went crashing down. Like that's and why was me. that? Because I couldn't reach out and ask for help because right. my ego had not allowed me and made me mask everything. I was sticking plasters over cracked walls. Right. I mean, they're little tiny plasters. And what happened was with the ventures I was in, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. And all of a sudden, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even let my wife in. I didn't, it was like I was walking around with my sock falling off inside of my shoe, acting like everything was okay. And it, it really, really wasn't. Um, and then I think... And is that partly because, do you think, you know, as entrepreneurs... Particularly, particularly, I think when we've been in, you know, a corporate role, when we've been in an, an institution and then moved out of an institution, there's all, and obviously in an institution you have people that do the marketing, people that do the sales, people that do the product development, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you actually move into an entrepreneurial role to begin with, you have to do it all, and it's almost as though you can't admit to yourself. I'm not actually brilliant at it all. I'm good at what I'm good at, but actually there's going to be some bits I'm crap at. And therefore asking for that help, is, and that's a really good reflection you've made there, that asking for help sometimes is admitting to yourself, shit, I'm not good at it, everything. I've got to have help in this area because I'm not an expert at it. Do you think that's what, what happened to you? It's, no, it's spot on what happened to me. Like, right. You yeah. couldn't. I, I was very good at drumming up new business, very good at getting businesses off the ground, traction, and put me in an operation, I would explode. I don't want to look at that. Like, I don't like I, I, everything around me is to support me. Like, they're not, in a, not in a way of like, it's like, where do I fall short? Yeah. I was very good at that. I wasn't a business owner, I wasn't an entrepreneur. And for, if I jump in head first and build my wings on the way down, um, it might work. And I couldn't, I didn't have enough time to build the wings before it all, I had gone down to, I was, I was, I was in my garage. I used to have, I used to buy some expensive, pointless things because that's who I was at the time. And I remember, I remember I'd be sticking it on eBay. I would, I would, I would be trying to make money hiding this from everybody because they're like, I look at him, he's doing so well. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, I don't really need two cars no more. I just wanted one. No, that wasn't the case. Like, people actually knew. And then I remember I remember just coming home, standing outside my front door thinking, how do I tell my wife now that we've got to move? How do I tell her this? How do I tell her? Because she doesn't know. Like, she's, she's living life. And, like, it, I, I, I sat there and she knew something was up. I didn't say anything. And I remember just bursting into tears, like crying. I, I, I was sobbing because I'd hid, I'd lived a lie of the fact of that everything was okay. And I mm. think a lot of people do this. Yeah. A lot of people do this. Mm. And this is why this is why the Winners Club was actually born as well. And I'll go into that softly. But I remember sitting there in the bungalow, knowing that that was going up and we was going. 
because I had I it was it was either it was either register for bankruptcy or go back to zero. And I thought I'm gonna go back to zero. Like it, it's I'm 26, I'm 27, I can do this again, I can rebuild this again. And yeah, now I remember I remember just sitting there like I couldn't even talk because I was getting quizzed by my so-called wife, my wife, not not well, she wasn't wife at the time. But like, where's this come from? Because I just hit her on the spot. And um I remember she went into, we had a nice dressing room at the time and she went in there and she was like, you've got a suit ironed, a shirt ironed, your shoes, your belt, your pants, your socks. She's like, you've done it before, go get it again. And it gives me goosebumps because I remember thinking that I was going to lose her because I'd lost everything else. And I probably didn't show her love because I was... Wrapped up in you. Yeah. And the situation you were in. Yeah. Yes. And I thought everyone's going to leave me. She didn't. Um... She's gone for a ride. When I tell you she's gone for a ride, she has been through it all. And then probably I had about a month off to myself. I cried, sulked, and I think I needed to. Not in a way of go away from me. I, I think the feel sorry for me phase. Like I, I wouldn't, now I'm a more emotionally intelligent. I wouldn't tell people to avoid that. Like lean into it. Understand why you're feeling that way. Don't, yeah. don't mask it because that's what I did for so long. Hit the nail on the head. Find out what the problem is. If it takes you a day or two, have the day or two. I, I I never had the day or two. I masked it and ended up in a world of bother. Then about, um, yeah, so, yeah, so basically I remember I was in a hole and I was I was battling and battling um, all the time just to get out of it. Just nothing, nothing was working. Nothing was working. And um, my wife's pregnant. She's falling pregnant. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted to bring a baby into. This is this is that. And I remember like... I remember, I remember things started to work, but I was in a deep hole, but I could see the light. I could see the way out. And on that, I was with my, I remember, I was, I remember like, I, I was like, right, now I've got a goal. Now I've got a target. My baby's going to be here in four months. I'm doing everything, blood, sweat and tears, and it still wouldn't work. And I remember like her being one month old thinking, why did I have to balls everything up? Like, why did I have to do that? You could have had a life which I'd planned for, and I, I, I didn't want to bring a baby. My, that's my personal opinion. I didn't want to bring a baby into a world that was messy at the time. And people say the way I love my kids is like, like I try very, very hard. Because at one point in my life, that's all I ha- all I could give them was love. I couldn't give them anything else. So I all I I, I even felt bad as a parent. I, I don't know if you're a parent, like when and and it was like I'm bringing my daughter into a world which I grew up in where you had to appreciate the little things. You didn't get the big things. And I thought that's not what I wanted. That my, my vision was not to have that. And yeah, it's, she, 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 she gave me a wire power that was second to none. There's not been a wire power that's got me out of trouble. So I locked myself away, put a desk in my office, rang up my power. And I said, like, look, let's, let's, let's just build a marketing agency back up. I'm going to go and do some education. Da, 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 da. And then, yeah, I got I got that back up, got that rolling, went from a garage to a two-man office to an eight-man office with staff. And, um, yeah, and then I got myself out of the hole. As I was getting myself out of the hole, I think I was just about to knock on the light out and say, see you later, hole. Um, my brother-in-law goes and commits suicide. And I was like, wow, like literally, like I was – but what I'd done, I, I'd excluded myself from the world. I had time for nobody. And I remember that. And then 
then it was like, so now this has happened. I, I stepped up. My family didn't want to identify what was going on. And I, I stepped up. I dealt with the whole thing. Seeing our life short, what a short life was. Um, just coming out of it, my daughter's white power. My family that didn't want to go back to work gave me this. It's like turning your pain into fuel mm. is what I would advise anyone to try and do, like breathe, but push, like turn your pain into fuel. And it will literally like be a rocket. So time passes, I get over that. Marketing agencies up off the ground. Um, I've got, I've still got holdings in other businesses, which allowed me to say, look, Ash, step away, do what you've got to deal with, come back when you're ready, which thankfully, God bless everyone who helped me out, got me back on my feet because I was now ready, ready to ask for help. So I'm now up operating back out the hole and um, just, just plodding along in life, trying to get to the next level, next level, next level. Um, and at this time, this time around, I wasn't earning nowhere near as much as I was earning, but I don't know the center of peace that was inside me of I've got a happy family. I'm healthy. I'm not out there partying every night. I've got a happy home. I've got money. I can provide. Um, then the uh, winners club or clubhouse come about. Yeah. So now I'm like, just I've got a little spring back in my step. Yeah. But I've got a spring back in my step with learnings, no ego. My pride's been absolutely shattered. My ego's been absolutely squeezed. People would love to probably seeing it, and I don't blame them because I was such an a-hole. Does that make sense? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I was such an a-hole. Um, and, yeah, and it was like I've got this I've got this outlook on life of, like, I've been darker than dark, lost my brother-in-law. I've literally, like, got, I had nothing to lose but to go. I've got a kid that's a, a baby girl that's looking at me and so proud to see me that was driving me every every day that it was like clubhouse came around and then as you know it was like well i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a ambassador to of ask for help like please like i'm i've like i've i got ironed out i got shot at i got told to literally like stop doing it can i jump in there people were trying to ruin what i was trying to create but when I had a purpose bigger than their purpose and an intention bigger than their purpose, they were white noise. Like, this is why I was, like, pushing, hammering, because it was like I'd never, ever, ever wish upon anyone the way I felt, ever. And then from that, it was just like, like, like people like, they were like, you're showing up every day. And I was like, it could be that one day that could change everything for everyone, because if they knew where I was when I was at my lowest is a place that I could not wish upon. I don't have enemies or I don't not ever not like someone, but I could never wish it upon the worst person in my life. You know, where to go, where to look, who to ask for help because I burnt bridges like no tomorrow because I thought I was untouchable. And I, I, I thought there, was, there wasn't a place like the Winners Club. So I made a place where people can come, ask for help, ask for support. And it's like it doesn't really directly impact my businesses. Like, um, and it's like you ask, like, well, like I, I'm, I'm I, the, the, the purpose. My, I know why my intentions are, and I know why I'm there. And I think this is what people get confused with on their money journey, on their business journey, is they're not too sure why they're doing it. They're not one hundred percent, or they're lying to themselves. 
And that's so, like what I'm saying is you can be somewhere to generate business. I've got yeah. places where I generate business and that's my intention. Yeah. I've got places I go that feed my passion, feed my soul, feed my mission. Like, but people need to understand and, and be true to themselves because the reason they're not getting traction is because they're so unaligned. They're so like their life is not aligned because they're, they're I, 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 like, I, I help with business development a lot. And, I, and people always go to me like, clients are just not buying. I'm like, humans have an instinct when you are not aligned. Like you can feel when someone's not coming from a genuine place. Not that they're lying, but they're masking something. And yeah, it brings me to today. Um, and yeah, I've now like, so I'm now on a mission to make sure business owners, startups don't ever suffer from the pain I went through. Know how to get, past barriers like I always say like okay like I'm not I'm not the most ultra successful person that you'd ever ever see but like we're financially incomparable to people I know but like when you look at the the balance of my happiness capital family relationships health me personally like of course I want to be successful and make a lot of money because you can always give back um but when it comes down to how you value your success it's different. I used to value it on cars, holidays, watches, material things. When you realize that they have a lifespan of happiness for 30 seconds, you'll start finding a purpose so you can reinvest into that. And yeah, I hope that helps you, Leslie, in some oh way. Oh my goodness, Ashley. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe here. The questions are ping, 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 pinging. Never have I had to ask so few questions because a guest has just given so much, you know, voluntarily, basically. So I, I, I don't have it. I, 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 I used to walk around with a mask. I used to walk around with a shield. Like, like I'm part of Ventures now that do very, very, very well. And I've not always been there. Like, and it's, and that's okay as well. Like, and, and it's like, but it only started to click and work in my life when I was honest with myself. Yeah. And that, that seemed to happen very, very quickly once you decided it needed to happen. You know, to have that, to go from, you know, being a 24 year old to a 26 year old and to say, you know, you, 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 you were a prat basically. You, you know, yeah. you weren't nice to know. You had a massive ego. You were very secretive. You weren't asking for help, et cetera. It all crashed around you. And then you realize actually uh, this isn't working. Me pretending to have the success that I can't achieve on my own. I need to go back to basics. I need to revisit my why and your little girl coming into the world, giving you that sense of, of purpose. You know, I, I know you, of course, through Clubhouse. And yeah. my reflection back to you is I only ever see somebody who wants to help other people. I only see somebody who wants to see other people do good and what part you can play in helping them on their journey. And the success that you have had in growing the Winners Club, you know, 50,000 plus people at a time when, you know, Clubhouse was a very, very competitive place to be. (coughs) It could be very, very easy to be put off from going into rooms and showing up and bringing people with you. 
because that's what you did. You brought people with you. You encouraged people to be part of your world and part of what you were creating. And from the outside, from again, my perspective, you did it completely without ego and completely and possibly some people found this a little bit hard to understand, but completely without any what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of it? And that's phenomenal. Because my, I knew what I was doing and why I was doing it. And it's like like people say, like, it's not about the money and you've got to serve. But, like, the thing is, the opportunities that, like, I, I believe in karma because my – days of not being a very nice person come back and hit me in the face like a baseball bat and like I believe in planting you don't plant seeds and eat the fruits the next day like if you keep planting them seeds like the opportunities that I've had land on my desk you can say where have they come from it's because of the way I move I move with the right intention and I move to a place of like like I, I, I carry a lot of empathy because I, I, I think I can lead, I, I understand people, I understand what people want. Um, and I think leading with empathy and serving others, if, if I, like, like if, you, if you consistently give, it will just like, it makes a ripple effect and it will come back around and come and just like repay itself in ways you never see. But if, you're, if, if I was moving with a different intention there to sell the crap out of the community, like, okay, we, we offer stuff in there of ways that we think will be of benefit, like events and things like that. But what I'm saying is, if like, I'm true to it, it's like my intention here will make a ripple effect around around Absolutely. around me. And I, and I think you can't you can't fake intentions. You can fill intentions like people like people like I've got people around me and I fully know their intentions, but that's okay as well. Like, like everything's okay, and this is where people need to move forward in love. Like, 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 I, like when someone comes to me and it's like, oh, I don't trust nobody. Like, and I'm like, why? There's there's energy to not trust nobody. Like, why don't you trust yourself that you trust you see people well? Like, so it's like, let's just say, for example, like, okay, their intentions are that. Trust them to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Their intentions are like that. Trust people to do things like that. And I think, I think, is one thing. It's that people genuinely don't like people to do well yep and i like so people don't mind people doing well but never better than them if you understood that riding on the wave of someone else's success will open doors like never tomorrow like every time one of my friends business friends does something well gets a new home gets a new car or treats himself i am the first one to go and see because i want to know what they're doing like tell me what you're moving what you're doing and like I genuinely am happy for them because it's like that's where the positive, the good, the movers, the shakers energy is. Get around that. And there was a part of my life I'm not heavily faithful. Like when I'm like, would you say that word? I'm not heavy, I'm not heavily Christian. Yeah. At one point in my life, I had nowhere to turn. And my friend sent me to go and meet someone. He wouldn't tell me who, it was a vicar. And um it's like from there, like I, I like to study the way people think. So I've studied other religions other ways of thinking and like there's, there's a saying that like like when it's about it's about getting blessed like when someone's getting blessed make sure you're around the people and genuinely be happy for them 
because basically God is in the neighborhood blessing. So you need to be around the people that are being blessed. If you're sitting down, if you're sitting with the people that are hating and not being blessed, you ain't getting picked. So guess what? When someone's being blessed, like I am, I am around them, like literally their number one fan raving because it has literally rippled around my life of like, that has happened to me. Like, so like, they say like, when you, yeah, get around the people that are being blessed. God is in the neighborhood. Get around them people. Get blessed as well. And it, it does happen. And I think if more people understood that, they would be more happy for people to succeed. And I think, like, I believe I've got a serious, serious work ethic. Like, like I'm not going to sit there and say you're better than me, but I believe me personally, it's me against me. My work ethic is second to none. And oh, what was I was just saying, but in my work ethic is so no one can like no one can compare to my work ethic. So it's like when I look at people doing well, me personally thinks must just not be my time yet. Because literally, like I believe my work ethic's like stronger than a lot of people that have received success already. And I just say, well, my blessing's on its way. Like, and that's how when you move like that, I promise you, like, I'm not saying sit there and manifest and don't do nothing about it. Like, I am the biggest action taker because I think you, you're either going to win or you're going to learn. But that only come from restarting at zero. And I think I think it's like, like, OK, take, like, take me back there. Like, I'm not restarting. I've got wisdom, knowledge, no ego, education or what not to do. But, yeah, I hope this helped. Uh, that was absolutely tremendous. Everything that you said there is going to resonate with people in my audience without a shadow of a doubt. And I think the the tenacity that you have shown, the dedication to self-learning and your own emotional development and wanting people to not go through what you went through by sharing your journey to here. I think it's hugely, hugely impactful. So I want to thank you very, very much yeah. for your time. No, How can people connect with you? Uh, just, 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 just come into Clubhouse. Come onto LinkedIn. Come into Instagram. Um, I'm, 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 I'm normally floating around some, some people that are moving and shaking and happy for each other to win. So find them circles. I'll, <laughs> you'll see me tagging along on their energy. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> all, all those details will be in the show notes so people can easily reach out to you thank yeah. you very much for your time today Ashley I've really really appreciated it and I've loved our conversation thank you no thank you very much Lizzie thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast I really hope you enjoyed it if you would like to better understand your relationship with money then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. 
Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.